Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. And if there are tears, press pause. Now you're you're boiling down my two objections to homework. What fresh hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood with Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. It was an Irma Bombeck five alarm fire in our house all the time. The least of her worries was my history right. homework. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. See, I'm for homework. Don't take me on on this, Amy. No, I'm, I'm telling not, you. No, Welcome to the What Fresh Hell podcast. This is Meg. And this is Amy. And this week we're going to talk about homework. Are you drowning in homework? Because that's what sort of the, I feel the prevailing sort of wisdom is that today's children are just absolutely drowning under mountains of homework and that it's a, uh, a national disgrace. I, I don't think we're drowning in homework, but we're being extremely bothered by homework, I would say. I would say that for sure, homework is a lot uh, bigger part of my children's life than it was of my own kid life, right? But um, for me as well. I, you know what's the biggest difference between between the homework I did back then and the homework my kids do now is I feel like much more of it requires some oversight. Some but... oversight or 100% oversight, depending on the case. I would say we're at still we're still at 100% oversight. Yes. Okay, so it, it, yes, it moves from like, Mom, how do you spell uh, door to... Mom, will you sit with me while I do my homework to now? Mom, will you construct an entire trifold science project for me so that I can win the science fair? Well, that's a whole other thing, right? The 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 um the homework that is not really for the kids at all. I have little kids. So I okay. have an so little kid, yes, third go ahead, grader, yes. A first grader who is five, six, something like that. And then I have a preschooler. My preschooler does not have homework, but my third grader has had homework since being a kindergartner. So I'm I'm willing to start this entire discussion at the level homework for or against. And I basically come down as against. See, I'm for homework. I mean, I'm so not for too you, much of it, but I think... Are you for I'm... homework? What, what age are you for homework starting at? Mm, that's a good question. First grade. Maybe First kindergarten. Grade. Maybe. Kindergarten? I, yeah, I think kindergarten, it's like okay to, to, uh, to you know, write down a, a couple of sentences, I guess. Why are you against it? I'm not... 100% against homework. But last, so when my now third grader was a kindergartner, he was getting a half an hour to 45 minutes of homework a night. We lived in Los Angeles at the time. And I very quickly, after having several tearful nights with this kindergartner, wrote a note to the teacher. And I said, 
thanks, but no thanks. We'll be opting out of homework entirely from now on because wow. bold, bold move by you. Listen, the entire experience was so nightmarish for us. I had, first of all, I had a four-year-old kindergartner. So I had a really young kid who probably was not ready for full day kindergartner, not, not ready to be a full day kindergartner, but that was not an option for us. And so he had to go to full day kindergarten. Then he would come home and have these worksheets and writing worksheets and math worksheets that were torturous for him. And it seemed to me that I was giving a kindergartner the experience of school is an unending nightmare. Your mom has now joined team school. And so home is no longer a safe and happy place. It's a place to come home to and be berated by math and spelling worksheets. And your little four to five-year-old life is a nightmare. Why school? I, I Just the fact that you're saying worksheets, plural, for a kindergartner is probably, when I say a kindergartner should have homework, I think like a one side of a one sheet that does nothing except reinforce what they learned that day and make them feel great about themselves because they're a big boy now and have a little bit of homework. I think it's time to pull out a little of my research to make my case. Okay. There's wow. a ton of research, research about okay. homework. Okay. And that research seems to suggest that homework really doesn't play a role for kindergartners. So the the, the, the biggest thing that is supposed to happen in kindergarten is what? Uh, well, it used to be, you know, don't wet your pants. and uh, Right. It used to be eat as <laughs> don't much as possible, take a nap, and have some graham crackers. But now... Now it's first grade. It's learn to read, basically. So At all most these... schools. At most schools. And certainly at the, at the school, it sounds like. A lot of um, research suggests that the kids basically learn to read between the ages of four and eight. If you're reading at four, you're an early reader. If you're reading at eight, you're a late reader. But that is the window in which most kids learn to read. And that where you fall in that window, whether you learn to read at four, five, six, seven, or eight, it has no bearing on what kind of student you'll be later in life. So the idea that you can force a kid to read at four and then, oh my God, he's going to be this great student in eighth grade is completely incorrect. There's no correlation between those two things. So when you make reading something that like you have to learn at four or five or you're somehow failing kindergarten, I think all you're doing is making school a place of frustration and bad feelings when to me, kindergarten should be about learning to love the experience of going to school. Absolutely. But then in that that case, homework isn't bad maybe, but homework of this sort and this amount for this age group is is unwarranted. So what happens? You told them no homework, which I, I'm blown away by, but like, like that is so... So I told the teacher, Norma I Ray, thought very reasonably, like, oh, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to be opting out of homework because it just doesn't seem like it's serving any purpose for my kid. And I kind of thought I would get the response of like, that is a totally okay choice and every kid is different. And instead it became the teacher was not receptive to me not handing in the homework and she was very hostile towards the idea of me not doing it and really kind of laid it down for me as you are hurting your child by not helping them learn and then there was this whole so what we came to eventually there were two kind of homework there were strange kindergarten worksheets learn math and reading at home Strange-o? Yeah. They were strange-o? Well, just like, they were, they were just so, I just could not believe that we were getting four or five mimeographed. Oh, okay. Hi, I was born in 1971, mimeographed. Right, purple ink. Uh, sheets. <laughs> printed out, I'm assuming, from a computer, actually. Sheets 
of homework. But then there was another kind of homework were these projects. So like one was we're going to do something on food and you have to make a chef's hat decorated with your child's favorite kind of foods. I'm okay with that as long as they send home the chef's hat instead no, of... No, no, no. They didn't send home yeah, the chef's hat. Yeah, of course hat. not. All and right. also, like, as we discussed in the Picky Eater episode, this is my kid who doesn't eat anything. So I was like, really? You want me to draw, like, a chicken finger on a chef's hat and draw... Right. But I would... St- I just kind of eventually seeded that ground in the war because I didn't have the fight in me. But even that... It seemed like a lot to be, I mean, they were constant, these projects. It wasn't like once a month, one little project. There was one that was a whole diorama of prehistoric life. It just seemed like work that was not compatible at all with what my kindergartner was capable of. That's parent work. I have a, I have a friend who, who you know, always likes to, to put out reminders on, on Facebook at the beginning of every school year, like, hello, uh, teachers of preschool children. Just a reminder that printing out 12 family photos with a day's notice is really not homework for my kids at all. Really just me. Me homework. So yes, I, I agree. A diorama for a kindergartner is also onerous on the parent who may have other children at home unless you've got like a month's notice. And even then, what, what is the kid really learning? Projects like that shouldn't really be maybe be undertaken until the kid can really take the lead. Yeah. So I think that, that now you're, you're boiling down my two objections to homework. One is this something like my preschooler got a project that was make the family draw a picture of your family. And we got a little poster board home from the school, which they did provide. And it was, had her little name on top. And then it said, okay, this is all about my family. So I gave her some crayons and she drew like this crazy, like gigantic headed mommy. That was me. And then gigantic, crazy headed dad and drew her two brothers and herself. And I mean, it looked like something a serial killer had done and I sent it back in like that's what a preschooler does when you hand them a blank piece of paper and then of course I go to school night or whatever and there's 20 posters up and all of the other posters are printed out photos with they're all connected you know with the little this is how our family is and this is the mom and the dad and pictures of things they like to do and sailboats and all this stuff and there's my kids like scary picture on the wall I just assume if you send my kid home with something you are saying to me this is an age-appropriate activity for your child and so like the chef's hat problem is still the same. Like, do I send my kid home in a chef's hat that he made that's going to be bonkers looking with like an in, an unrecognizable picture of a single chicken finger on it to represent all the foods he loves? Or do I construct a chef's hat and just help him pick, and cut out a bunch of pictures and help him glue them on? Like, I think it's really important to understand what the purpose of homework is. I think that's what I'm arriving at with this incredibly hostile anti-homework diatribe. I'm still I'm still blown away that you that you went to this teacher and was like, yeah, no homework for us. Because I'm not not that I disagree with it. I just think like, wow, I only ever turned down one homework assignment over the many years I've been getting homework home with my kids, but and 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 it was totally deserved. So you know you know about origami cranes. Yes. So you know what origami is. And you can fold origami cranes. And I actually once 
how to learn how to do this because I'm an actor and you have weird skill sets. I was, you know, in 1990 something, I was in a, you a were children's in the theater play. Crane murderer. Yes, and I had a, I had a full of origami order. cranes on stage during the play, and so I actually learned how to do it. So it was actually mm-hmm. a skill that I, I actually had once had and let go. And that was why when we received home over the weekend a Manila envelope of ten sheets of of fancy origami paper and a note like fun fun project this weekend make origami cranes with your children and then send them back in and we're gonna hang them on the tree of peace right the the it was probably like i would have opted out when i heard the words tree peace (laughs) but that's just me it was a 32 step process to make an origami crane and i took one look at this paper like i i used to know how to do this and therefore i know that i'm gonna like you may have seen my work in the origami crane murders and i'm definitely the only person only parent getting this in the mail this weekend who ever knew how to do it well that's not fair i was the only only one who didn't know grow up with a parent in new origami i i it was it was that I ever knew how to do it that I knew how ridiculous that was to expect that a, that a parent was supposed to teach herself and I use the word herself advisedly to make origami cranes and then teach her kids how to do it over a weekend like I, I sorry I don't have three days to spare so I'm just not doing that assignment and uh, was a little still a little nervous about doing that I'm not a rebel like you I wasn't I wasn't sure how that would go so I didn't. I didn't sort of fire off a note about it. We just didn't do it. But of course, uh, half the school didn't do it. So clearly, other other people. That was a swing and a miss. Homework yeah, assignment. Yeah. Other 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 people were like, "Yeah, no thanks." Here is the in in researching this topic, what what I found is this sort of touchstone guideline, and maybe you actually know the source of this. Um, That kids should, a reasonable expectation is for kids to have 10 minutes of homework for every grade level that they're in. I I read that that is a national PTA recommendation, which I didn't know that the PTA was a national thing. Good on you, national PTA, because that makes sense to me. That means my first grader should have 10 minutes of homework a night, which is correct. And And a kindergartner should have zero zero minutes of homework homework (laughs) per night, including chef's hats. Q-E-D. Like a kindergartner, my kindergartners, full day kindergartners, a four-year-old or a five-year-old who is coming home from an 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. day needs to come home and relax and probably take a nap and then maybe help set the table, have dinner, and then go to bed at 7 or 7.30. That should be a kindergartner's day. There's really no room for homework in that schedule. But what about your older kids? Do you do you do you see benefit to homework from from your uh, your oldest is is what third grade? Third grade. Okay, so are you seeing benefit from the homework that's being required for for that child? The the benefit that I see for my third grader is that it helps me to dial in to what my my third grader is uh, strengths and weaknesses, where yes. his strengths and weaknesses are. Weaknesses? No, weaknesses really. <laughs> Um, he's woke. He's woke. So don't worry about that. But he does have some weaknesses. Um, yes, I think that working with my third grader every night and supervising the entire half an hour of homework, there is no for my third grader who is who struggles more than some. So working with him on 30 minutes of homework a night, I'm not clear on how much it helps him, but it definitely helps me to get a sense of Okay, so he's really getting the four numbers, I mean, four-digit number addition. So he can add 1,523 plus 3,946. Got it. He's done. Good. But he's his penmanship is terrible, and 
okay, he's reading well, but maybe his comprehension skills are struggling. And so homework is only for us playing the role of filling in sort of the gaps of what he's struggling with. And then hopefully we can adjust the kind of things we're doing at home to address that. So like if I have a list, maybe I can help make him write the list for me. So we're always working on that handwriting. Um, to me, that kind of stuff is more useful than a, I'm going to use the word again, mimeographed piece of paper with fill in the blank things on it. Right. But you're a really hands-on parent. And it sounds like you're sort of making sort of every, finding the, the learning opportunities in your time with them, which is great. And probably some kids don't have parents who think about that. And so they, they do need the homework to reinforce what they're learning. I think the homework is good for the same reason you just said, because I need to know what my kids are learning so I can engage with them about it and also see what they're doing well with and what they're not. And that's, that's important for me to know, but that, that's a difference in homework too, I think, because there's definitely more homework than we had as kids, right? There was a, there was a study that proved that it was a university of Michigan study. And it said in 1981, which I know from 1981 homework, it was uh, in, in a week, you'd spend two and a half hours, like an 11-year-old, and in 2004, it was four hours. So it's gone up. Yeah, but I think what's also changed... too much homework. Four hours a week? Oh, a week? A week. Oh, two and a half hours a week. No, I don't... I mean, that... A week. Two yeah. and a half hours a week. Did you... Yeah, I was Let spending two and a half hours a week in 81. Let me math and do some calculations. I believe that would mean it's half an hour a night. Yeah, I was spending half an hour a night, but I was such a, like, Tracy Flick that I was, yeah, like, you, making it take half an hour a night because I loved my homework. I can see you being, like, a two-and-a-half-hour-a-nighter. I loved. I had a red pen, and I had oh. a little plastic ruler, and I would, you know, underline the important concepts. But really, homework was for me. I would have me. enjoyed beating you up on the way to school. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like each other back in those days. Definitely. Janie Gilvery in the alley. She punched me right oh. in the stomach once. But <laughs> Janie. I mean, I now, can't support Janie. Janie, but I can understand her motives. She That's wasn't all I'm saying. Doing homework. I don't. I wouldn't have done it, but I'm just saying, Janie. I understand where you were coming from. That red pen was too so much, <laughs> over the top. But my homework was mostly copy half of chapter three into this notebook and, and, and penmanship counts, and then regurgitate it on the test. It's certainly so. There, I, our kids have way more homework than we did, but also this notion that like, my mom was supposed to be helping me. I mean, I was the oldest of six kids. That it was. She wasn't helping. It was an Irma Bombeck, you know, like five alarm fire in our house all the time. It was not, uh, the, the, the least of her worries was my history right. homework. Which so warped you into the kid who's like, I will have my red pen and do magnificently on my test every day. Yes. Yes. And I mean warped in a loving way. Approve, I mean, it made you the great person me. you are. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think that's a good time for us to take our first break. We're going to break for a moment and bring you this comedy piece and we will be right back. Are your nights at home too relaxing? I think I'll pour myself a glass of wine and enjoy a nice hot bath. Spending too much time with your significant other? Honey, we should get taken and binge watch that new show on Netflix. Enjoying literally any part of your evening ritual? <sighs> Try homework. Mom, what's a participle? With homework, you'll never have to worry about free evenings again because you'll be exploring an exciting new world of arguing with your offspring about the proper placement of a thesis statement. I just think it would be strongest at the end of the paragraph here. Mom, why do you hate me? You'll be revisiting hosts of useless factoids you haven't thought about since you were 12. Not the mass number of rubidium, the atomic number. And if you're worried about that all-important quality time with your children, 
Well, worry no more. You and your child will be sitting up together well past midnight trying to memorize fun facts, like all the U.S. capitals. South Dakota. Bismarck? Oh, God, no, that's North Dakota. That's Pierre. Oh, sweet mother of God, what time is it? Dinner? <laughs> you won't have time for dinner. You'll be busy reinforcing with your offspring a love of knowledge and a curiosity about the world we live in. What's the third largest land animal on the U.S. continent? I have no idea. That's what Google's for. Try homework. You can't find the slope of a vertical line. It's undefined. Because God forbid you ever have time to take a shower. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different 
different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to Lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, we're back. There's, there was this article in, in Atlantic Magazine. Did you see it where a guy tried to do his, his um, a 13-year-old daughter's homework for a week? And it oh, was like, yeah. New York City so intense. And it was, it was, I think, like a gifted and talented middle school. And it was insane. So this, this maybe 12-year-old had three-plus hours of homework a night, and he could barely do it all. And um, sort of started this national conversation about are our, our, our children just being crushed under the weight of too much homework? So then the Brookings Institute did a study and found out that actually they said actually no, that that's kind of not true. There is more homework than there used to be, but it isn't this crushing weight from which our children will never recover except maybe nine-year-olds. And you've got it. It's kind of self-delecting. I mean, you've got to think like, hey, Atlanta writer dude whose daughter goes to a gifted and talented school in Manhattan, like you may be – Right. You've made that bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still worth approaching maybe your individual teachers about, hey, th- we're getting overloaded here. And I think I think that's part of the problem. And one thing I, I do want to avoid, because I feel like this happens a lot, is sort of the Facebook-level conversation of, these stupid teachers are giving our kids homework that they're not ready for. And I don't believe that. Every school conference that I've been to, back to school night, The dialogue from the teachers is don't let homework become a nightmare. Don't let it become a fight. This shouldn't be something your kid is crying over. This is trying to reinforce skills, trying to help us gauge. And so I think as a parent, it's really important to dial into what is the purpose of the homework. And my third grader, I set a half an hour limit on homework a night. And that to me is a pretty good gauge. Like, okay, so in the beginning of the year, he would get those four digit addition problems and we would work on them and he would be freaked out by them upset like I don't know how to do it it's too frustrating I would sit and work with him and if he got eight problems home we would get through three of them and then I would write a note on the homework that said this is as far as we got he's really struggling with this I think that's that's perfect I mean that's just what homework should be and happy ending this week he came home with eight of those problems and he was able to do them all and I wrote on the top, like, wow, he's really getting this. Like, now he can do it all in in, in whatever the allotted time that we're giving him is. I would assume and, that that teacher's probably very happy that they're getting that sort of specific feedback from you. Because what is the purpose of homework? It's to show the teacher and myself, like, okay, where are we on these skills? And so there's a temptation when you're trying to get dinner on and homework is a nightmare and the kid is crying over it, or you just want your kid to be a good student to say like, okay, let me walk you through this step by step. And I really try to fight that urge in myself. And I try to be really comfortable writing a note back that says, this, this isn't going well for us. Mm -hmm. He can't do it right now. Because that's useful information. That's much better information than you just telling them how to answer the last three problems. So I think it's very important to to figure out what what message are you getting from homework and what message are you giving from homework. So, but okay, so all of this sort of presupposes that the parent is supposed to be involved on some level because that was kind of my question. I brought to this maybe I don't, maybe it's not a question anymore, but I, my question was sort of, am I supposed to help my older kids with their homework? And I think the answer is yes, as long as my, the teachers are still aware of what what is and isn't their work and what they are and aren't mastering 
Yeah. So my, my eighth grader is doing essays at this point, and he is very conscientious, so he will bring me his essays. He'll write them, and then he'll bring them to me, and he wants me to edit them, and that's something I know how to do and I'm good at, and so I do it. And it usually ends up in, you know, in a, why aren't you listening to me? Door slamming thing half the time because he disagrees with every single thing I have to say. Which that point I'm fun. like, then why I'll did you ask me? But, but, <laughs> but, but I'm not. Oh, he wants I still to remember that from being, I was exactly that kid. My mom would have her like a little colored pencil and be editing my essay. And you don't respect me. Yeah. Why? It's so random. Yeah. And so I'm trying to say to him, like, this is how it works in the real world. I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to mark these notes and then I can explain to you what my notes are. And you don't have to agree with everyone, but I'm not going to sit here and argue every single thing I say with you because I do have other things I need to do tonight. And then you need to go t- take those notes and either integrate them or say, you know what, I don't agree with that one and not integrate it. That's, o- that's okay, but I'm not just going to rewrite these sentences for you. So that's a... We're grappling over that, but I, yeah, but I think it's and useful. And in the end, level. he's going to be a better writer for it, so I think that's okay. I'm not writing it for him. I am telling him how I think it could be even better before he hands it in, so I think that's okay. And I think that is a parallel to the little kid's work, which is also, listen, the assignment is, can you do this work? And so maybe the answer is no. Right. And if the answer is no, right. I'm sending back homework that says no on it. I'm not sending back homework that we pulled teeth and cried over an hour so that we ended up finally like chicken scratching out the correct answer on. Yeah, because otherwise you're just testing how much the, the parent knows. Homework that is too hard, I think you just have to take the approach of, okay, this is too hard and I'm going to write on it, nope, and send it back. I mean, I'm not going to write nope. I'm going to write, listen, couldn't do this. Tried for half an hour. Didn't get it. Didn't get very close. That's homework that's too hard. I'm fine with that. I'm in, a, <laughs> I'm in an interesting position right now because my my third grader, she missed a lot of school recently for a non-urgent but sort of a long-term medical reason. She hasn't been able to go to school for a couple of weeks and the paperwork is coming home and it's the mount it, it, the mountain is growing and growing of what she's not getting done and i met with her teacher last week and her teacher told me she's she's going to be fine she's she'll be able to keep up don't worry let's let's get her really back to school and then we'll come up with a a, a longer term plan for what support she'll need but in the meantime the the papers are growing and growing so i'm sort of going through them and if there's if there's six sheets on rounding that she hasn't done i start with like the second most complicated one and and make sure she can do it then i throw the rest out yeah yeah rounding is kicking our ass right now why is rounding so i I guess you must need rounding to go to multiplication yeah i just mean like my son's really struggling with rounding it's like a mental it's a mental block for him so she missed rounding so i'm like rounding the other thing that you've hit on is that learning is cumulative and that is a frightening concept that Addition and subtraction are the building blocks of everything. So if you don't get those, if you don't kind of nail those down, then you're moving on to um, like my son with the four digit number. He really understands the carrying of the one, but sometimes his basic little math facts, like seven plus eight, he can't remember it. No, no. Yeah. And so it's like you see where every it's stepping stones and it you have to have one to get to the next to get to the next and there is and and this did really happen to me that in sixth grade or so I kind of just dialed out of math like I just was I didn't get it anymore I was just was terrible at math a problem I solved by marrying a mathematician so my problem solving (laughs) skills are on point Jack Spratt and Mrs. Jack Spratt oh yes turns out 
don't need to know how to balance the checkbook. Uh, but I kind of faded out of math in the sixth grade and kind of wasn't really paying attention. It was kind of just floating by. And then by high school, I really struggled with it. There was no going back. Like I missed all those pre-algebra building oh, blocks. Oh, you're making me and nervous. And then by okay. the time you know, we were onto complicated formulas. I couldn't do any part of it. And I was so far behind. And I, that's scary as a parent when I watch my kids like, okay, you have to get this, you know, number bundling thing because this is addition. And if you don't have it, then as you go along, you're going to miss it. And if you don't learn how to sound out words, then as reading gets more complicated, it just, it feels like it's moving really fast. And I do think that's something where the homework Without homework, there is a possibility that you could go to a conference after your kid was in school for three and a half months and be like, what do you mean my kid doesn't know how to learn to read? What do you mean they don't know how to add four numbers? Like, it does help you keep dialed into where your kid is doing well and where they're struggling. And that's important. Yes. Yes, it does. You don't want it to be like, surprise, your kid hasn't figured out how to read yet and they're nine. Speaking of what you find out at a teacher conferences, I just found out last week at my 12-year-old's teacher conferences that the homework assignments, while being completed at home, were not actually making it into the um, return homework box or binder or I don't know I don't know where they're supposed to go, but they're they're going into, they're going where like the lost socks go in the dryer and and (laughs) so... So you so have that thing. little involvement in your kid's homework that, like, you did not know that they weren't. No, no, he was doing it because I was sitting in these conferences saying, like, so that they keep, like, I, he got a zero on this particular homework assignment because it was never handed in, and I said, I, uh, I saw that. I he asked me questions about it. I remember looking at that assignment with him, and it's just not making it back. So, when they get older, they're responsible for remembering to hand it in, and oh, what a world awaits you. Oh God, that sounds hideous. I don't, I don't, I'm not ready. Cause my kid is still like, there's a folder and you take, I take it out. I hand it to him. We do it together. I put it back in the folder. Like I'm very much running that right. entire process. Right. And then when they're in younger grades, yeah, they have a full, they, my, my uh, third grader. So she, she walks in in the morning, she pulls out her folder and she puts it in the folder bin when they start going from class to class to class and they're responsible for writing down their own assignments, doing them. And then handing them back in without there being a, you know, Mr. Frog there too, who's hungry for your homework. You know, they need to just remember. Uh, Oh, it's exciting. Well, I think that's a good argument for letting homework be an interaction that is fundamentally between your child and your child's teacher, not between you and your child, really. Mm. Because let, let the teacher figure that out. And even, and that's how I try to look at my little kid's homework. Like, The teacher asked you to do these questions. You sit down and try to do them. And then if you can't do them, I'm going to write, he wasn't able to finish this. Because that keeps the interaction of homework between my son and his teacher. It's not really about me teaching my kid how to do the things. It has to become that way more and more because, I mean, I couldn't couldn't help uh, my eighth grader with his math homework if he wanted me to or his science homework. I can barely help my third grader. I can barely help my third grader label the countries of South America that she, on a map that she's supposed to know. Not without cheating, I can't. Are you smarter than the third grader? Um, I, sometimes I, I, I am. I, I think so far. We, I mean, I keep testing myself. So far, I'm smarter than a third grader. But um, what I find, my art arc seems to be week one, get homework home. I am stunned that he's supposed to know this. It seems totally outside of his grasp, and we it feels very hopeless. Week two... He seems to get a little better at it. And by like week four, he's kind of doing it. So I think the homework is a good gauge for where he is on the work. All right. So I think we've decided homework is good after all. 
Who knew? Homework is totally unreasonable for kindergartners. <laughs> okay, given I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my flag on that hill, and I am not giving up any ground. I don't. I'm, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you have that because uh, you better. I agree. Like, you don't want this fight. If, like I, I will go down swinging. I, I think if don't take me on on this, Amy. No, I'm, I'm telling not, you. No, because I, I mean, I you do don't kind of, want any part of this. I fight. do kind of agree. Like let kindergarten be kindergarten, and first grade is first grade, and and I think that that's. I would argue against homework for first and second graders as well, unless that homework is very brief, is very um, geared towards just giving a little metric on reinforcing what we learned and letting the parents see how it's going. And then after third or fourth grade, I think homework, a small amount of homework is reasonable that... A, helps you set up good habits, you know, those things about organization, bringing it back, getting it done, making it part of your routine, setting up a space where you can work, yep. checking in on what's working and what's not working, having a dialogue a little bit with the teacher about like, okay, my kid needs more help with this, less help with that. Okay. So then then the other thing is, so, so the question I came in with is, should, should you help? I, I feel like the answer we've come to is, oh, you must, because the whole point of the homework is so you can assess and so you can communicate um, you can see what they're learning. You can be aware of where they might need support. Did you say, oh, you must? Oh, comma, you must. <laughs> that was lovely. That was point. so like Mary Poppins-tastic of you. Um, Should you help? Oh, oh you, you must. must. <laughs> I like that. You simply, so I feel good about that because uh, in, in the end I'm realizing, yeah, that's 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 the point of the exercise. Yeah, help. So don't help. ever go out on a weeknight. <laughs> Stay no, home so and have a just homework. sit at that table just with your kid for there. six hours. It'll be fine. No, sit with your kid for exactly 10 minutes per grade level and see how much they can do. And if they're struggling with their spelling, like write more notes to grandma and have them write your shopping list for you and find ways to help them that are not... I'm going to go for the third time just because I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Let's fill out this mimeograph sheet. <laughs> And also stop saying mimeograph because it is in 1976. <laughs> um, and then the other the other realm of homework is just homework. Oh, man. There is that homework that's just like homework that is completely absurd on its face. And, like, and you, you can just say no. Assume? Origami cranes, you can just nope. Origami cranes, just say no. Nope. I have a friend who got an assignment around this time of year. It was last year. Make a pumpkin that resembles a historical figure. Nope. Her son got assigned um, Richard Nixon. And uh, another kid got assigned like Jimi Hendrix. Like they were just, it, it wasn't about writing an essay. It was like, just make a pumpkin that looks like a famous dude. That is such a ridiculous, those yeah, are stupid I think you historical go, figures. You know what? That's not, that's not going to, that's not going to yeah, happen in no. our house. We would rather spend that time playing a board game as a family because this, and just say like, oh, my kid's allergic to pumpkins or something. You don't have to make a huge stand about it. But I think it's okay to say no to homework assignments that you just, you just don't get the point of them. That that's that sounds like here's something that I that sounds like it would be fun from and and it's just somebody who's not thinking out. Some people don't really want to carve pumpkins in their kitchen, or they have a sick baby Especially or whatever. You can't do not it. Ones it's, that look like Richard. Nixon. I really I really take take exception to the idea that Jimi Hendrix and Richard Nixon need to be people that are second <laughs> need to graders be know anything about. portrayed as pumpkins mm-hmm. in the same assignment. They must have been doing a whole unit on like 1972. I don't know. I don't have a lot of facts. So if I'm besmirching <laughs> the teacher Find who assigned this unfairly, I apologize because I don't have a lot of facts. But I do remember thinking that's a crazy homework assignment. That's crazy. And I might just opt out of it. I think it was like a fourth grader. So I think we what we've arrived at at homework, our original topic for or against, and I was against... 
And I was four. But I, I will amend myself to be four homework after the grade of kindergarten at the level of 10 minutes per grade per night. I'm down. I'm glad. I'm glad we've come to that arrangement. Yeah. I and also, and my question was, are we supposed to help with homework? And I, I feel like we haven't come up with any reason you're not supposed to, that you, it's the, oh, you must answer. Oh. Oh, you must. You must. You must. Did you say, oh, but you must? No, uh, but can I, I, can I, can I amend my answer to say, oh, much but Much like our helping versus helicoptering discussion, your job is to help as little as possible. My, my personal job? Everybody's job. Oh, okay. Help All as right. little as possible. But oversee and help with what is help them get towards the goal of the homework. So if the goal of the homework is spelling and your kid is really struggling with writing out words, then spell them out loud. Like help facilitate the learning behind the homework, but don't do their homework for them and don't make the goal. We're going to send back a perfect sheet of homework to show your teacher how special you are. And I think that that thing that we arrived at, which is that the relation homework is a relationship between your kid and your kid's teacher, not between you and your kid's teacher. So help and support the homework, but stay out of it as much as possible. And if there are tears, <laughs> pause, press pause, send the teacher a note. That's not the point. And no teacher probably wants your child to be coming to the point of tears over anything without at least being notified that that's the case. Right. And you just don't want, like, I remember my sister-in-law said to me a long time ago about reading to kids. Like, what? I was saying, like, why do you read to a baby? Like, a baby doesn't know how to read. She's like, you just want to be snuggled up with your kid and start the experience of, like, reading is a wonderful time between me and my mom. Like, you can start that at with a two-month-old, a one-month-old. And that making reading a pleasurably pleasurable nightly experience is a great thing to give your kids. And homework should be the same way. Like it should not be pulling teeth. It should be like, hey, let's sit down, be organized, do some work, look over what we learned today, and let's get out of this. Both alive. Good luck with that, everybody. <laughs> Good luck. We tried. We tried. I feel like we came up with some Me answers too. on homework. Me too. Don't let it take too long. Get through it. Don't do it for your kids, but support them. And if you get an assignment to make a Jimi Hendrix pumpkin, just write hell no and send it back. Or or gummy cranes. Or, just or those, cranes. those two, everybody's excused. And look for um, Amy's episode of Origami Crane Murderer <laughs> on uh, TBS because she was really good in that part. I still get checks I for that one. Miss it. Got, still getting Something good came out of the Origami Crane. And for a final thought, here's Kate Martin with an ode to homework. Once upon a sunny Monday, which I knew had been a fun day, my dear child returned from school and fell a-weeping on the floor. When I asked what was the matter, what on earth had gotten at her to make her composure shatter like a glass thrown at a door, she just pointed at her backpack lying with her on the floor, and I knew what was in store. Sheafs of worksheets lay there waiting silently and cruelly, baiting me to start quite bluely stating how much homework I abhor. I, with eyes cast to the ceiling, silently began appealing to my better nature, feeling ready to let curses soar. Then I looked upon my daughter, lying there upon the floor. Fudge, I said, and nothing more. Off I went to see her teacher, in the hopes that I would reach her understanding and compassion which I knew lay at her core. 
Finding her, I soon inquired why so much work was required as to leave my child mired in her tears upon the floor. Why do you send youngsters home weighed down so with worksheets galore? Her reply was, there was more. It's all the compulsive testing, non-teachers from teachers resting all control and then investing everything upon a score. The whole school has to deliver. That is why we have to give her more homework than I have ever in my life beheld before. I replied aghast. That's thinking all sane people should deplore. And I took a stand. No more. So I let the worksheets molder, and my daughter, well, I told her when she was a little older, there'd be many, many more. But now she plays with all her ponies and enjoys her macaroni, and for homework she does only what she can by half-past four. In the meantime, she and I read books together by the score. Only this, and nothing more. You can find Kate on Twitter at KateMartin10. Okay, so we want to know, how do you handle homework at your house? Please join the conversation on our Facebook page at What Fresh Hellcast. Or visit us on Twitter at Hellfresh. For links to what we discussed on today's show, you can visit our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.